Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Round seven in the NRL's upon us, JT, back on the mic, and I'm joined by my good mate, Lakey, who's typing away furiously to get his weekly Teams article up. How you doing, buddy? Yeah, pretty good, mate. That's um, the whole one-hand typing shenanigans makes the article go a little bit slower, but I'm getting there. One-hand typing's got a beer in the other hand, I presume? Yeah, let's say that. Yeah, there you go. Lovely. How'd you go last week? Big Easter weekend. It was a... Longer stint, the cows started me off really well. Um, didn't get the much better from there. but didn't really finish me <laughs> off very well either. But uh, say, it was a good weekend for me. I had an 11.50, which pushed me up just 400 places or something like that. So I'm sitting just outside of 4K at the moment. You've uh, you, 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 talk- you, you've hit rock bottom and kept digging, mate. What's going on? <laughs> oh, we were crowing it a couple of weeks ago. I think it was yeah, 1.8K thereabouts. And then in a space of two weeks, I've gone to 25,000. I think I was feeding well. You know what? You can never feed someone who's below you because you will end up there uh, pretty quick smart. But no, we were saying off air, just not much has gone right the last couple of weeks. And um, I was talking about to you last week, it was Brody Friggin Jones getting across the line, then denied and then injured in the one play. So that was the start of the rot, uh, as well as trading in Xavier Coates for Katoni Staggs two weeks ago. Mate. <laughs> so, I mean, there's a like 200-point turnaround. But you know what? We always say it's a long season. It's a marathon, not a sprint. It's much easier to say when you're giving that advice out rather than giving it to yourself. But anyway, it's only round seven. We've got how many to go? 18? Something like Can't that, yeah. We've got uh, plenty of time to re-climb the ladder, so you'll be fine. Certainly do. All right. Well, it was a big round last week. A lot of movers in, in terms of guns. I was having a look around. I did my article this morning and so many guys just cream rising to the top. And I think I put it out there that I've got nothing but soy lattes in that brigade, <laughs> but a lot of them, a lot of the guys that I've just held off for or haven't looked at, just hope, you know, the Death Riders, um, mm-hmm. list them out, David Fafida, Care Munster, Nico Hines. Uh, who else got Nathan Cleary? How painful Ooh, was that last week? Brutal. Mate, I said in my article, uh, Cleary's got a massive break even. We can wait one more week and make sure he's back. And that bastard went out and just about clipped his break even. So he's only dropped <laughs> 50K. And now I'm scrambling, absolutely scrambling, trying to figure out how I can go from a Brad Schneider up to Nathan Cleary. Uh, that's, hit the that's quite reset the button. Yeah. Why can't he be more like Turbo? I mean, how much did Turbo lose before he got injured? It was like 250K. Cleary would probably be back at a million in a couple of weeks' time. Probably. He puts up another 100 this week. He'll have a negative break even and leave us all in the dust. You could just shift some of those points to my boy, Jerome Luai, who's just Mm. bubbling away. (laughs) Very mediocre as my team is average. I was was about to say he's more Robin to Cleary's Batman, but I don't know. Maybe he's he's more Alfred. He's... Serves him drinks while Cleary does all the work. 
Certainly does, mate. Uh, and also, I caught, you know, this is a sign of the times as well, caught COVID last yes, week. Yes, welcome Thursday. to the club. I was going to say, I don't know how you got, like, I was telling you on Friday night, I was already ready to kill the better half. She's she's alive. She's out there. You'll yep, get some good. coughing in the background, can confirm. But, yeah, ready to kill her after about a day. We've lasted maybe five. I don't know how you've done, done it with kids, mate. Yeah. You must have a very sound, soundproof walls. Uh, big house, big backyard. I have an absolutely, uh, an absolute superhero of a wife, mate. She kept all of us sane for the better part. So I cannot mm. thank her enough for that entire week because uh, I don't think I would have survived with the three of them on my own. Yeah, you can take that gun away from his head, Tarina. He did give you a compliment. Well done, <laughs> would you? I've actually got into a bit of reading before we get into the footy. Got into a bit of reading over this last week, mate. Um, a, lot of, uh, a lot of horror movies. Stephen King. Actually, you read any of his books? I have. I've read um, a couple. Uh, what, what were they? Doctor Death um, or Doctor Sleep or whatever it is, and, mm. and a couple of those ones. He's a good writer. I do enjoy his stuff. He is. Do you actually know he's got a son called Joe? I'm not joking. I'm done. But he is. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, see, you gave my joke away last week, and it got very little fanfare, despite my. Uh, Best efforts. I think it was just the crowd you were trying to give that to. Alex, yeah. get better, son. I know you're a bit young, but uh, wise and up between the ears, mate. It's highbrow humour only on the NRL SC Talk podcast. Well, yeah. I was saying to Al that we need to, you know, instigate this segment for a weekly basis and just have an absolute JT shithouse joke of the week. Mate, I've got plenty of them. But if you do have any, NRL SC Talk at hotmail.com, feel free to send them in. We'll read them out. Love a good dad joke. Uh, anyway, that's enough. Uh, Shadow, we do have to talk Supercoach as much as I don't want to. A uh, little bit going on, not a huge teamless Tuesday for you. We were just talking off air. You are still writing the article, so going to revert to you on, on a lot of that there, but not too many moves and shakers this week, which is nice. Hopefully that's helped you in your quest to get that article done. Uh, we'll talk about some of the big trading targets. So as we talked about, Nathan Cleary, uh, the price is very, very high, but the points seem way too too much on offer to, to give up for too much longer. So we'll chat about him. Another guy, Blake Taff, really, uh, I don't know, I, I think I'd sit on the fence with this guy here. We'll chat about him. And then Katoni Staggs as we round out the trade-in targets for this week. I mean, a lot of us got rid of him. As I said, got rid of Coat or him for Coates a couple of weeks ago. That has not worked out. And now we get to the point, we hate doing it each year, but do we just bring the guy back in? It's, all, it's just it's one of those things, gets to you, just put emotions ahead of your brain. But... I'll talk about those guys, the trade-outs. There's a lot of them on either the Rage trade or maybe it's time to cash them in. We'll go through some of those. Teddy highlighting that list. Very interesting candidate. We see him there every year. It's, we, I feel like yeah, we're always talking about him. at out. least once a year. And then it's only about well, two weeks later that everyone's scrambling to get him back in. But, um, yeah, plenty jumping ship at the moment. He's this week's Tony Staggs. Just don't get rid of him. Uh, Fallen Guns. I actually did a bit of research. Uh, I was sitting on my bed uh, watching Better Call Saul, the, the season return this week, and I just decided to go through and have a look at some falling guns. I knew there was a lot of guys with huge price tags at the start of the season that have been eaten away, none more so than Cody Walker. Uh, he highlights that list, but there's a fair few that have lost a lot of cash. Maybe there's some diamonds in the rough. We'll have a look there. Cheapy watch, we'll go through some of the ones that have either fattened out, some on the bubble, and maybe some that we're holding onto. Pods uh, did also have a look at some of these guys that are sitting in the very, very top end of the average list. And some of the guys that we're not really talking about because they're not highly owned, so we'll chat through some of them. And then we'll round out with captains and VCs. So, I mean, a lot to get through there, but I don't know. I, I feel like it's maybe uh, an easier week to make trades than some others. But 
my season's in free fall. Yours isn't. So we're coming at it from different angles. Should be a good one. Blake, you're going to throw to you. That was a lot of me talking. Uh, team list Tuesday news. Making me sound very important here. Certainly do it. Um, yeah, not much. As you said, not much of, you know, of super relevance in the team lists. Um, we've got Tolatau <coughs> Kula has uh, dropped out. Um, Christian to- uh, Tui Polotu, I want to say, is uh, retained the wing spot for Manly. I did hear a bit of a whisper, and I'm just going to say that straight up front. It is only a rumour. I know nothing substantial, but um, with that knock he took late in the game, there's a possibility that Kula is just in HIA protocols. So that's going to be something to watch out for um, the back end of the week. Um, the Sharks have had a bit of a reshuffle with a few guys going out. Cam McInnes uh, is probably the biggest relevance here, uh, suiting up in the 13 jersey, which is where everyone sort of expected he would be at the start of the year. But they've got uh, Dale Finucan out and Braden hamlin Ueli, his torn pectoral muscle, and he's got gone for the rest of the year. So could be some um, flow-on effects from that. If Finucane's just gone for an HRA, presumably one week, does that just mean Crash Japan signings or sighting for McInnes in that locker role? Listen, I, I don't think so, personally. Um, uh, Finucane is just there the one week. He's in the protocols, and they have a five-day turnaround between games, so it's basically impossible for him to, to turn around and get up for you this Thursday night's um, venture against the Seagulls. But you think when he comes back, Back, he'll go into the prop rotation to replace BHU, and um, McInnes could keep his 13 jersey for a bit of long term. Yep. Um, it's the way, it's the read I get on it, but, I mean, we don't know what Fitzy's thinking long term. Uh, other news, Payne Haas is back, as is about half of uh, Brisbane. Not even the Brisbane Broncos, just half of Brisbane has been renamed in this squad. they got <laughs> five changes in and out. Um, and, and yeah, say again, not, nothing major for the rest of the teams. Uh, correct me Tomorrow if I'm wrong. Martin, you were about to. That's true. I did. Out. I did mention him before to you off air. Um, he's starting at fullback. There was the reports over the weekend that he was training there uh, with Selwyn Cobo sticking out on the wing. Um, but tomorrow, Martin has been named in the fullback jersey today for his first game since I want to say 2020 or 2019. So over uh, a thousand days, I think he played in 20. 18, 19 for us. So yeah. <clears throat> been a very, very long time between drinks. Horrible injury well, for him. So good, great to see him back just in, on the right. Injury course. retirement for the man, and, and he's come back out, and now he's getting again. And so you all know how much we love to hate on the Broncos <laughs> and and hate the Broncos love. But um, I, he's someone I'm going to be cheering on on Friday night. I'll be watching this game closely for the Tamari Martin show. But um, I think the biggest news is uh, yesterday's game. The Tigers versus Eels. Mate, how good was it for just for rugby league sakes? Absolutely Um, cracker. Mate, I I had money on the Eels. I had all sorts of guys scoring. The Eels were going to be 13-plus, and I I was happy, you know, to lose that one. It was a cracking game. The Tigers and their fans in particular deserve it. It was was brilliant to watch. And how about the – there was a guy that put $100,000 on Parramatta. Uh, to Ooh. win that one there, just head-to-head, to win five grand. Like, if you've got that money to throw around, there's surely better ways Mate. to invest. Uh, five Slap it in turn. the pokies. <laughs> there you go, all on, <laughs> all on red or something like that. But Jesus, he would have been watching that. Uh, yeah, I don't think he had a very happy Easter unless they gave him a couple of bet credits or something like that. Uh, Gamble responsibly had a tip sent through by Kenny Tate. Grandad Ken, thanks very much, champ. Uh, tomorrow, Ipswich, horse four, race one. 
races about midday thereabouts. Uh, he often rings on a Tuesday night after a couple at the golf club. But there you go. For the bloke that put 100k on Parramatta, giving you a sure thing there, I think it's about six bucks. So horse four race one tomorrow at Ippy. There you go. That's our punting advice for the week. <laughs> yep. Love it. Love it. I, love it. I, I was looking it up. That's why I've gone quiet. I've gone straight into sports bet. I'm, I'm throwing. I'll slap the tenner on it. I was going to say the other interesting one for me on Teamless Tuesday News is Angus Crichton's returned to that second row spot for, I think, the third week running now. So he's pushed, pushed Butcher uh, off to second, the bench. Second. Second. Matt go. Butcher suffered um, a head knock two weeks ago, I believe. So Angus Crichton came on and replaced him for the majority of the game or the better part That's of right. the second half. Um, got the start last week. Um, played 80 and only knocked out a 49. So it was a little bit of a worry there, but the Warriors really took it to the Roosters. So I'm going to give him a pass. Um, but yeah, again, named on an edge this week and it looks like he's back in that starting role. Yeah, uh, it's too hard to judge for me. I mean, he's the guy that we'll talk about in the fall and guns in a, in a little bit, but yeah, I don't know how to trust Robinson and what he's doing with the Roosters this year. It just seems a bit too risky for a guy of his caliber and might play Origin as well. So for me, he's a bit of a scratch, but uh, yeah. Good to see him there back anyway. But the, yeah. the last guy I wanted to talk about was Jazz Tavanga. He was starting for the Warriors in the number 13 only a couple of weeks ago before copying a couple of weeks suspension. Um, he's back, but only as far as the extended bench. So don't be surprised if they, uh, they do a bit of a shuffle and he comes in on the bench or possibly a starting side on game day. Finished his last round against the Broncos, 76 points. Yes, he was killing Absolutely um, took somebody's head off and had to sit down for a couple of weeks. It certainly did, bit of a, a bit of a nasty one, but uh, that's jazz <laughs> for you. Uh, all right, anything else, Teamless Tuesday news, mate? Did you polish off your article? Not really. I mean, Ryan Pappenhausen's been named despite picking up the ankle injury. Um, Jake Simpkins, similarly, he copped a real bad-looking injury yesterday afternoon, but he's been named in the number nine for the Tigers. So there's a couple of guys out there that uh, are going to be a close watch. Oh, and actually, scrolling through, Jordan Rapana, um, Rapana, mm. uh, in the number one. Um, so Ricky's gone and given the Raiders an absolute serve in the in the press conference after the game. Um, he's only made one change to the 17 with Emre Gula dropping out for Harry Rushton getting his debut off the bench. Um, but yeah, Jordan Rapana is the number one uh, where he averaged almost uh, 75 points per game last year. In the PVL ball, yes, but, you know, it's, I don't think the Raiders were breaking any records along the way, and Rapinoe was killing it. Um, and Xavier Savage is sitting on the wing as well with uh, uh, CNK moved back to a utility role. Yeah, if I think about guys that, you know, back in the day used to be tackle-busting machines, he and David Norfoluma were probably top of the list. But Rapana's actually a Rapana's still actually got that ability. You watch him play week to week, and he'll just he'll do the crabbing runs and palm off defenders. Still found a way to score despite the Raiders being pretty average this year. But yeah, I'm really interested in him at that spot there. I think exactly. I think I'll be watching him very closely yeah. over the next week or so and seeing how he goes and making sure he can hold on to that spot because you know I don't trust Ricky as far as I could boot him. How's he um, roasted? Well, not roasted, but more so the, the hype around Xavier Savage. Um, in the post-match press, you know, all the Raiders fans and media are carrying on about Savage being denied a chance and CNK maybe being a bit washed and finally got the chance, bumbled over the sideline in his first touch. First touch, yeah. Yeah, well, that's why I haven't been picking him. So, I don't know, very, I don't know, strange thing to say for a young kid coming out oh, there. Yeah, that, I think that's Ricky, though. He's just, he runs on emotions <laughs> more than actual common sense most of the time. So, I think he would have been speaking um, just off the top of his head and, and, laying it out there, they were 
pissed at losing to you guys the way they did. They were up, up big and then had to turn around after, you know, it was just before half time or after half time for you guys to run them down. So wasn't a happy coach. And surprised Speaking, of being, pissed, mate. Speaking of being pissed, how was that same game multi that you uh, didn't quite get? Man, how much brutal. was that? that, was that just yeah. hung on? Five bucks into a thousand and fifty. Um, so yeah, had Tom Starley and Rappina and Helam Lukey scoring at any time, and the Raiders winning one to twelve. So fifty minutes into the game, I had all three guys cross the line, and the Raiders were up. I was cheering, and um, it was a shit wash from there. Wouldn't you pay a thousand dollars to see me smile this week, though, Lakey? How would I be if the Cowboys had have lost? I've got COVID. The team, the Super Coach team's right. doing shit. I would have paid five hundred bucks. I was going. I, I did say I would have paid. I would have paid five hundred bucks for a steak for you and I. <laughs> Thank you, Andrew, for feed. I love your work, buddy. All right, that's Teamless Tuesday news. Let's get into the trading targets for this week. How good? Start at the top, Nathan Cleary. I think everyone's talking about him. He's one of the most traded in players this week. He started pretty slowly. I think we all expected that coming back from that shoulder injury. A little bit flat. He was missing goals as well as a. Uh, off start for him, but I think it's fair to say well and truly bounced back last he's, week. He seems like he's there. doing okay based on last week's game. Um, I don't think that, you know, the rust has gone out of the game, so I think he's back a little bit. My main concern with him is we were expecting a big price drop, as we said earlier, and he's only dropped the 50K. So where is everybody getting the money from to afford him? Teams are going to be absolutely ripped apart in order just to get him this one man in. Yeah, it begs the question of people going, I mean, they're having a look there. They're finding ways to do it through, you know, guys like Schneider, Teddy, we'll chat about mm, in a bit. Yeah. Um, but I don't know, a points combination of him and Hines in some capacity, I mean, if both of them are at halves, then, uh, you know, you're foregoing any cash generation with those sort of guys. But, yeah, I mean, how do you afford it? But people are. So That's right. it's one yep. of those things. We know that he can go massive. We thought maybe, I, I did think this year was, Potentially not the year for him just because of the score. Well, the way that the scoring has panned out so far, we saw what it did to Turbo, just the way that the game's changed. But having a look at him, like everything that he was doing wasn't off the back of you know, six agains or anything like that. He kicked a 40-20, he kicked like three force dropouts, three try assists. But do you know how many times he actually ran? How many hit-ups he did? Minimal. Minimal. 13. 13 oh. hit-ups. Really? Yeah. Yep. I was just—I was literally just about to say to you that I, you know, I watched that game closely. I do enjoy a Broncos loss, but I was Unicorns. watching that game. Unicorns. Sorry. <laughs> and um, I, I was—I li- was sitting there and going, "Where are all these points yep. coming from?" He's—he doesn't seem to be dominating the game, but just everything he did turned to gold. And um, you know, he was putting up kicks that turned into try assists and and just random shit like that. So absolutely, as you said, everything. Unicorn points, but he's uh, he's the kind of guy that's going to get those on a week weekend. He's the new Cam Smith, certainly is. It always seems to flow to one player, but that's why you got to be on these sort of guys. Um, a few things about him, I guess that nine hundred k price tag. It's a big one. He's got an eighty three break even, and he comes up against Canberra daytime game, uh, Penrith at home as well. I mean, this could be another another ton if he you know decides to turn up again. Beyond that, Titans para. Uh, Melbourne and the Roosters and then the Mighty Cowboys after that. So it gets a little bit tougher, but I think we've seen historically that matchups really don't matter for this guy. Yeah, I don't think so, especially in such a high-scoring team and he's goal-kicking. So he's got a really safe floor with Cleary. His floor is probably, you know, 55, 60 at, at at the worst. And, you know, half the other 
halfbacks in the comp, you're taking that on a good day. Uh, you'd be stoked with those scores of scores. So having that as a, a low point for him is it's just absolute money. If you have a look around, we did talk about how you're going to do it without breaking your sides. So let's pretend, you know, we've got Tedesco, Pappenhausen, and maybe Aniko Hines at, at halfback. Who would you trade first to get Cleary or would you at all? Those three guys we know are money on their day. Out of all three, maybe Tedesco, well, obviously Tedesco with his I recent performance. I think Tedesco, um, based on the, um, yeah, the couple of low games and probably the higher break even, so he'll drop a bit more cash, but it, it's a tough one. Um, yeah, you can you can rotate Hines down from halfback to your fullback spot to to mm. move Teddy on and, and fit in a Cleary. But, I mean, there's still 300, 400K between Teddy and, and Cleary at this point, so the, the cash has got to come from somewhere. Yeah, you probably trade boosting for that one. But yeah, I'd say I don't so. Know, for me, Tedesco, 124 break even. Like he could still hit that, and maybe he's due. Like it's, I don't know. It's a, it's been a real weird couple of weeks for Teddy. Muscled up on him pretty well. The Broncos and then Warriors didn't. I don't know. I just couldn't get much going, despite it being an Arva game. I captained him, of course. Um, but I don't know. Like for me, I, I still think Cleary's worth a watch. You know, as silly as that sounds, after 150. Um, before that, we know he scored about an average 40 in his first couple of games. So I think there is still potential for him to have a quiet one and with that run ahead for me it's so much cash and i've got so many other problems that cleary would be an absolute luxury for me right now and i just can't do it but i'd like to know like the makeup of your side is probably similar in that spine sort of positioning are you well, looking yeah, to make I've, a move i've got a um a puppenhausen and tedesco um i don't have Hines, so i can't make that teddy move to him in one go i've got brad schneider and sam walker now walker's turned his season around and i'm not looking to trade him out at the moment he'll he's got a pretty low break even and, and moving in the right direction he was actually the guy i was hoping would do this while cleary dropped cash so i could make that change at a later hmm. date but um, you know, it's it's probably not worthwhile flicking him at the moment. Um, it would be Brad Schneider, but, you know, it, it's tough. Cleary's got an 83 break even, so he, he has a very good chance to clip that. But, you know, whether he he actually drops too much more cash is anyone's guess. And once the 150 rolls out, maybe he has a couple of 80 games and, and the cash drop starts all over again. Who knows? He's got one track. <laughs> Love looking at this. Always doing yeah. these ones. Four trade outs. One of them's to Nelson. Big Naz. <laughs> Someone's traded out two, to Leary. Two Naz. Two Naz. Via Someone knows. is a Dale Fanook and hater and absolutely love that <laughs> Naz has dropped him. Happy Coruscant in there as well. There you go. One mm-hmm. Penrith player to another. It's a strange one, but obviously the trade ins. Uh, he's got 7% ownership prior to this round uh, kicking off and 1,500 trades for Brad Schneider. One thing I'll point out, though, if you do miss the boat on him by choice or whatever, uh, not enough of the crowd is going to own him for that to be an absolute killer for your yeah, Supercoach correct. season. You've seen what it's done to me not owning 40 or 30, 40, 50% owned kind of guys. When they go big and you don't own them, that pushes you back down. Cleary, on the other hand, is a real luxury for those that have already jumped on or have the capacity to do it, but I don't think it's an urgent trade-in. And one that if you do miss out and he puts you know 120, whatever, on this week, it's not going to be the end of the world. Yeah, the, the way I'm looking at it is, you know, Cleary's worth 900k at the moment and he'll probably average you know, 85 to 90, let's say. Um, and then you've got another rookie who's 250k or 
200K. So there's 1.1 mil tied up there. You can get to $550,000 guys who are going to average 60, 65 and probably clip what you're going to get out of Cleary anyway. Um, so it's it's just getting the right balance. If you get Cleary in, absolutely do it, but don't pull apart your team to, to do it, I don't think. It's not worth trading out uh, gun guys who are averaging pretty well just for the sake of Cleary. Let's move on from Cleary to another half. Uh, Blake Taff. So on the bubble this week, it's his third game, I believe. So he is a, is a guy a lot of people are looking to trade out Brad. Poor old Brad Schnott has got no love, despite being a pretty handy option in his own right. But Blake Taff, uh, a lot of people are looking to make the jump to him this week just because of that negative break even. I even started to jump in, but there's yep. five, five and a half thousand people have traded Teddy out to Blake Taff um, already. Shocking. Incredible. Uh, yeah, it's it's a surprising one. I mean, you obviously, I assume, using the cash to bump, you know, go up to Nathan Cleary with that that kind of money there. The difference between Taff and Teddy, but uh, Taff two hundred and ten k for me, halfback, fullback. It's a very tough position to fill. Um, but I don't know. Considering that a guy like Brad Schneider, if we're tossing up between holding him, uh, a couple of pluses in or ticks in his box. So he plays the round thirteen buy, and in his own right, he's been quite a handy player. Played, right. Taff's had one good week, uh, albeit, you know, it's only his second game so far this season and eased in off the bench <clears throat> for Latrell a couple of weeks ago. But uh, not enough there to suggest to me that he's an absolute must when you've got a guy, Schneider, who's still rising in cash. Six, uh, I think he's got a two break even. And then mm-hmm. plays round 13. And, uh, you and Alex spoke about it a bit last week on the bite. So it's never too early to start thinking of them. But uh, Taff won't be playing that first week by Schneider will and for me that wins out uh, at this point in the year I just think you know Schneider's still going up handy enough play week to week Taff too many question marks yeah I'm not going to talk anybody out of getting Blake Taff because everyone plays the game differently or or whatever maybe some people don't have a Brad Schneider they've still got Lachlan Elias and they want to make that move go for it Um, they they have the same draw obviously so it's a little bit different but you know we've spoken often about the South uh, Premier run um but, you know, the, the Tigers suddenly don't look the easy beats they did two days ago. Manly's coming back into form. Um, the Broncos previous to the Penrith game were pretty decent and the Warriors just took it to uh, the Roosters. So that's the next four for the Rabbits. And, I mean, I, I, I was halfway through the game against the Dogs thinking this isn't the same Bunny side. Everyone's talking mm. about their easy run, but it's only an easy run if you're one of the best teams in the comp and, and the Bunnies aren't at the moment. So... Um, Blake Taft did have a 62 against the Dogs. He had a try assist and six goals. So what's that, 36 of his 62 just from those two stats? Um, If they can't run up a score against any of these teams coming up, he's not getting anywhere near that. And I just don't have the confidence in him that I do with a Schneider who's had a 79 against the Titans, a 65 against Melbourne, and then a 53 against your boys last week. Should have scored, though. He got held up over the line. And should have scored, that's right. Right, so um, you know, as he's he's getting it done, uh, even against the harder teams that these other guys aren't um, Penrith this week. So I won't be playing him, but um, you know, even if the Raiders can put a few over, he, his goal kicking boosts his his floor a little bit higher than um, some other guys in the position, and I'd, I'd trust him at the moment over Blake Taff. Yep, no, I'm agreed. I think uh, we'll talk about a few of them later on, but there's a lot of good cheapies still making money. So I think, you know, cash can't be your only concern in this one. And for me, Schneider's points and buyer potential wins out over Taft. But as you said, if you've got that 
you can go and have Schneider or got someone else there. And you, or are you wanting just desperately to find a way to Nathan Cleary? Not the worst trade in the world. I just don't think it's a must. So anyway, no, we'll hundred uh, percent agree. And so I, I'd be making that move for a Lachlan Ilias or maybe someone else they get yep. enough doubt with. But you know, Brad Schneider, I think I'd take him as a, as a like for like basis. I'm taking Schneider over tough. Katoni Staggs, we talked about him at the start, massive couple of weeks. Uh, confidence looks pretty high again. He did struggle a bit, just making errors at crucial points in the game in the last, well, the first month or so. Finally clicked into gear as we expected it would. But now is the big question. You traded him out. Do you trade him back in? 20% still own him, so great. Well done. I never had guys, him. But- I've never had Staggs. Okay, do you trade him in? And I remember saying a couple of weeks ago that I'm waiting for him to hit uh, his floor and then I'm going to come and jump on and and laugh all the way to the bank and then I just forgot about it this week. (laughs) Um, But, yeah, absolutely turned a corner. He's looking um, dangerous again. They're looking for him early. A couple of times he was hit with early ball and just made Isaac Tiger, who's a decent defender in the centers, just made him look silly out there, ran around him like he was a, um, a witch's hat at training. But, um, you know, a couple of decent games coming up with the dogs. Uh, Sharks will be tough, obviously, Manly and um, the Bunnies. But, you know, he just put up tons on the Roosters and Penrith. So I don't have any fear for him coming up as long as he's looking to get involved with it. Um, I think he's worthwhile. Yeah, I mean, he doesn't play round 13 buyer, but conversely, if he's you know, still available for origin selection around that round 17, that's right. he could potentially be knocking the door know, down. Latrell's, um, that's probably what we should have mentioned earlier too. I know Latrell's out for the next eight games or something with that hamstring, but he's just had surgery on his knee to clean that up today um he's basically said while i'm out anyway i may as well do some tidy up so there's a very good chance he's not there for origin and that leaves one of the center spots open uh you know stags can continue to put his hand up alongside lomax um campbell graham perhaps so there's a a few guys in the mix didn't make an error last week first game without an error for tony stags um yeah yeah, i mean i think he's turned a corner it's fair to say We, we all knew he would at some point and I don't know. I don't see this real. He's not going to score 100 every week, obviously. But Absolutely not. Um, attacking involvement or two. This is kind of what you expect from Katoni Stay. He, in his career, he's either gone massive or he's been sort of a, a 35 to 40 point scorer. And that, that's his looking at his base. He, even in the last couple of weeks where he's had a 36 and a 38, sorry, before the tons, a 36 and a 38, he scored 32 and uh, 42 in base um, and, and then lost a couple through errors or penalties or whatever. But. It's a decent floor for him. It, it shows that he is getting involved. He just wasn't getting the attacking stats. And now that they're coming, that the Broncos are going to continue to look for him. And just think over those few weeks, how many tries did he bungle? Like he dropped one yep. for South where he would have put another 30 points on the board for his you know, line break and try. And then he dropped on against you guys, I think. Um, it's just Threw the ball into Adam Reynolds's. well... He threw it forward and yeah. get bombed a, a very easy try. So that's just what he was doing. He just you know, he looks exactly rusty right. and now he's fine. And we said early on that Reynolds had the potential to absolutely unlock Tony Staggs and maybe it was just the chemistry wasn't there, the combinations weren't quite working. Reynolds missed that opening sort of games and you know Staggs is now just working well with him. So this could be the time he goes on a, a huge run. Started at 50,000 owners. He's back down to 26.8K. So shed a lot of people like me over the course of his first month or so. But now the question is, do you bring him back in? I think 82K he's made off of his starting price. So not hugely out of reach. Obviously going to slide no, up in the so first two, couple of weeks. 
He's put on 120K in two weeks, though, so you're kicking yourself mm. if you didn't jump on him then. Oh, but, sunk cost. You just got to ignore that. No emotion in this game. No, I know. I'm just saying a lot of people are in your same boat. They had enough of the 30-point mm. scores and booted him right in time for that ton. So um, I, I'm looking seriously at grabbing him. The worst part was with that, I used a trade boost to get friggin' coats in because I thought, yeah, I'll sell it on the side. looks pretty good, but... Jeez, I just can't miss out on Xavier Coates. 40% of people own him. Negative break-even. He's playing so well. Stacks is going the opposite direction. So not only did I friggin' waste a trade on him, but it was a trade right. boost. Completely it's just, it's unnecessary. Completely Absolutely unnecessary. chalk it up. Do as we say, not as we do. Oh, <laughs> Jesus. It was because I talked Coates up so much in that pod. I thought I went away and I thought, I, I've got to do it. Can't be can't be yeah. man against my own word. But anyway... Uh, all right, so Cleary, Taff, and Stags, a lot of question marks over them this week. A lot of people trading him in, some pros, a lot of cons. I don't know. I think uh, depending on where your side is made up at the moment, if you're scrounging for, for points and to make up for lost time like me, maybe those guys are luxuries. But if not, uh, go hell for leather. All right, ladies, let's take a quick break and then come out on the other side of the coin with some trade-out targets. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. All righty, let's ease back into the trade-outs for this week. We talked about Teddy a bit, so maybe we don't need to go to him. Xavier Coates. Oh, yeah, we'll go for another break. Cool. <laughs> yeah. Well, there you go. False start yet again. False start for me with Xavier Coates. I'm not going to bitch about him too much, but is he a guy, you know, he's off off the wagon at the moment, but just like the Storm can sometimes just shift who they go through. I think the last couple of weeks it's been going across the other side of the field, whereas the first mm-hmm. few when Coates was going so well, Pappenhausen uh, was linking up well with him. Uh, who else got out there? Remus Smith, he was doing Remus quite Smith well. Remus Smith was setting up pretty well. Um, yeah, it's <coughs> probably time to get rid of Coates. Uh, he's made what, 65 on his starting um, starting price, but he's he's got 103 break-even. So, I mean, he, I don't even if he has a massive game, I don't think he's hitting that. Um, the last couple of games, 15 and 18, is pretty much exactly what I've expected from him. He doesn't have any sort of base about him. Um, he, he relies on the attacking stats, and they'll come with Melbourne, but I think I said to you, you or maybe it was Alex last week. Are you playing him against the stronger sides? And if not, why are you having 400, 500k sitting on your bench? Yeah, I mean, I should have looked at that round one score. He had a 45 with a try, but I was blinded by the attacking stats. He had three really good weeks. I thought, and he looked good. Like we did talk about the base there. I mean, he was coming in off his wing to get involved the last couple of weeks. 
all he's been doing is rucking it up off his basically 10 meter line getting smashed. And then, I don't know, they shift the attack down his edge uh, or make him defend. Missed seven tackles last week, made 11. Like, that's just criminal sort of stuff. I know he's a winger, but geez. Uh, so for me, I mean, he's probably going to turn into a Katoni Stags, but if you're looking at a guy to shift out this week to make room for someone else, for me, Dave Fafita is my guy that I'm finally bringing in this week. Uh, yeah. Coates, very... Do not well, break him. <laughs> well, I don't care anymore. He's just come good. Do not break him. <laughs> I don't care anymore. I'm, I'm, you know, he's like two good games in. broke Coates and you reversed your <laughs> Stags. And I'm trading Fafita out. But you know what? He's playing against us this week for feeder. So there you go. Hope I break him. Hope he scores 10. Uh, nonetheless, brought him in. Xavier Coates had to make the cash. I think I made about negative 30k off of that one. So anyway, whatever, we move on. Uh, but I think, yeah, Coates, fair to say, he'll be a stag. He'll score 100 in a few weeks. You'll kick yourself, but you've got to move on, make the trade now. Brad Schneider, we did talk about him a little bit. I don't think we'll, we'll spend too much more on him, but I thought um, he looks a safe play. Like, biggest thing, he's a goal-kicking half. Despite Canberra being pretty poor, his, uh, his floor is very handy. He's at a low score of 38 against Manly in a pretty dour outing for the Raiders. But beyond that, he's had scores of 60. Yeah, she said, I won't rattle them off, but decent scores. Yeah. Uh, where he's not heavily involved. Like, two tries for the season, not a hell of a lot of goals. He just does a lot of defense. Um I don't know, he's very good kicking boot on him, made a couple of line breaks in that time. But I don't know, everything I think he needed to tick, he's done so far. So for me, I like him as a play. Maybe not this week against Penrith, but beyond that, uh, week to week, and for that all-important buy, um, very much happy to have him in my side. Yeah, I'm the same. Um, I'm very happy to sit him there, and he can, you know, pop himself out and then sort of sit around that price range until I need to move him on after the buy period. But... Um, what I like about him is he's pairing well with White and Whiten's that running half and, mm. and Schneider's more of an organiser. Um, but he's floating around either side of the field and, and, and setting guys up and doing this and that. So he's getting himself involved without overplaying his hand, which is just absolutely perfect as far as I'm concerned. And um, if he can keep ticking along and kicking a few goals to boot, then, then more power. Yeah, I mean, we talk, I talked about the matchup just before against Penrith this week, but a couple of weeks ago he we played Melbourne, scored 65. Right, uh, yep. No tries or anything like that. So, yeah, an interesting one. For me, Schneider's a very easy hold. He's still making money, so more than happy to keep him around. Uh, Bo Firma, a guy, another guy that I've traded this week, uh, hasn't Out. quite kicked on. He, uh, I just think when he started dipping for feeder Rose, and maybe it's at the point now where Firma's uh, worth the trade out. He's made a little bit of cash, 120k since the start of the season. Hopefully, that's when you brought him in. But I think just looking at him, he was denied a try that I thought was a try last week. But <clears throat> doesn't the kicker put you on side if he runs ahead of you? If, Correct. Even though you're offside, didn't the Broncos get a friggin' penalty try for that against us? Not bitter, but seemingly <laughs> just robbed him of 17 quite easy points there. But 39 last week, I think it was pretty indicative. His base is just not there. I thought it might have been, but the only games he scored well this season have been, have been where he scored a try. And Parks, like he was at centre for 10 minutes as well last week. It's just what happens with him. So I don't know. There's not a lot that's uh, making me want to hang on to this guy. Any thoughts to the contrary? Yeah, I'm going to disagree with you. Uh, you said sure. his base isn't there, but he scored 42 and 39 over the last two weeks, and he's had 42 and 39 in base. He's available in the centre wing, so as as a centre wing play, 40 as a base is perfectly fine 
in my book. Um, anything else on top of that, that comes with attacking stats. And he's still running good lines. Um, he's looking for the ball as often as possible, but he's, he's been relegated to a decoy run a tight role. And, and um, I, I forget who pointed it out to me in one of my um, comments last week. So I apologize for that, but someone did say that he's running a lot of decoys and, you know, they're going to Fafita's edge a little bit more and blah, 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 blah. But he's just not getting the same ball that he was at the start of the year. But when he does, he looks dangerous. So I'm more than happy to hold on to him. Um, and it, again, the Eels and Sea Eagles have been tougher matchups defensively. So maybe they've just shut him down a little bit. Um, but yeah, I, I'd say I'm not looking to move him on. He's far from my biggest issue at the moment. He's far, but I mean, we talk about safe floor in your second, in your center wing. You got guys like you and Aitken, even Isaac Tago. I know he's a genuine center, but um, available at the second row as well. I don't know. I think if you've got Aitken, for me, I, I liked the idea of having the you know second row that plays or you can play at, at center wing and super coach. But for me, if you've I've already got Aitken, so I'd rather try to go catch some center wings on good days. And for me, a guy like Firm is never going to set the world on fire. So for me. Services are no longer required and also need a spring cash. So there you go. Uh, another one who's fattened out, Josh King. So playing front row, still at lock for Melbourne, which is good to see. He hasn't moved from there to start the season. Brandon Smith coming off the bench. But Josh King had a bit of a down week last week, coincided with his first non-attacking stat game for a long time. Uh, for me, he's still a hold, but I see a lot of people talking about moving him on. Uh, again, Nathan Cleary top on the trade-outs for... Uh, Josh King, but what are you doing with King? Um, for me, he's relatively safe, but again, not setting the I world agree. I agree. I st- I'm happy to run him out as my front row, my second front rower for the time being. Hmm. Um, you know, the problem with Melbourne is they keep blowing guys out or blowing um, teams out, and then King's just not needed to do anything. So, you know, they put a big score on the Sharks, and King had a low score. Um, they could do that any given week, obviously, but, you know, with a couple of closer games, I- I'm hoping that. King can get more involved. Yeah, it's a strange one. Like last week, he twenty-one tackles, a handful of hit-ups, and that kind of thing. But um, not, yeah, it's just a yeah, strange play, return. Played big minutes. He had sixty-six minutes. He just didn't do anything. He, um, I don't know whether he was moved into the prop rotation with um, the cheese coming on. With, you know, the Bromwich boys were both missing through COVID. So, um, did Brendan Smith come in and play lock? I know there was the shuffle, and um, NRL.com had had Brennan Smith in the prop rotation, but I would have been very surprised to see him sit there. So I think King probably just moved into prop and, and didn't get used as much. Yeah, for a front rower that has an attacking stat in him, a good offload that's led to points so far this year, I think yeah, King definitely a hold if you can manage it for at least a few more weeks. And again, as you said, like playing him as you're in your top two front rowers, I think it's a safe play. But a guy I'd be looking at in the coming weeks for a, one of those luxury upgrade trades, and that's to maybe a guy like either Pangai or Taumalolo at front row. So I think those guys, about 100, maybe 150K more expensive than King at the moment. I know King's probably not going to rise in price with a relatively high break even. What have we got, 49 this week? Yep. But I don't know, I see him as an upgrade option down the track, maybe closer to round 13 where you've got a bit more surety about who's going to suit up in that bye week, all important bye week. Uh, but yeah, for me, comfortable hold. Um, anyone else on your trade-out targets for this week before we get into some of the other categories? No, another one's jumping out at me. Um, I've got a couple of guys who are starting to uh, hit close to their peak as far as their money earning um, goes. You've got Will Panasini, who's big game just on the weekend, actually jump-started that again, so I think he's down at close to a four break-even or something like that. Um, 
Chris Randall in a similar boat. So just keeping an, an eye on those guys. Leo Thompson actually has probably hit his um, high point now. He's not getting the minutes and, and all that sort of jazz. So he, he's one that can be moved on. But no uh, rage trades for me at this stage. Chris Randall's an interesting one. Maybe we'll just chat briefly on him. Started his year pretty slowly in terms of base. He was still playing okay minutes for you guys, just settling himself in. Last three weeks, he's played 80-minute games, uh, 62, 45, 67, all in base, barely runs, so it's a lot of tackling. But, yeah, I don't know. For me, Randall's looking more and more a safe play as we gear up and, and worry about other positions. So, I don't know. What do you see as his ceiling, and, and when should we turf him? 379K. So yeah, I think he's got a 62 and a 67 in the last three weeks, um, bookending a 45. So, I think that's sort of his top end. If he's going to be playing 80 minutes, he's probably just going to be tackling his way to a, a low yeah. 60, high 50 sort of game. Um, and the reason, the main reason I'd be moving him on is for a Damian Cook. I think Cookie's just looking incredible at the moment. So if you can, I said it two weeks ago or something where I said, oh, it's for 300K, you can upgrade to Damian Cook. And he's gone on and just absolutely killed it since then. And I never did it. So um, really regretting that one. But. Um, yeah, I have no problem holding on to him and letting him fatten up a little bit more. How's the Cook-Grant combination? We talk about sure. you know, Hines, Teddy, Turbo, Cleary, all these sort of clowns. But a guy like Cook has set the world on fire the last couple of weeks. Uh, you know, they're both going to play for their respective uh, origin sides. So you will have to, I don't know, find a way at some point in those bye weeks to, to squeeze some in if, if you want. But uh, beyond that, is this flash in the pan for Cook or has he finally turned a corner, realised Bunnies need his running game and delivered it? I think it's more of the latter. Um, Demetrio has come out at some stage, and I can't exactly remember when, but he said he's going to let Cook run a bit more than what he has Since been over the last couple of years. the 13th of April <laughs> at 2.57pm to be exact. My name okay. is Wilfred C. There you go. <laughs> no shots fired. Um but yeah, Cook himself has said at the start of the year he wanted to come out and get back to his running game, and he's done that over the last few weeks. You know, look at his game against the Roosters; he had seventy-five, and um, <laughs> the Panthers sixty-nine, well, <laughs> the Dragons an eighty-five, and then Bulldogs one twenty-one. He's not going to score three tries every week, obviously, but um, you know he's he's got a, a really good running game, and he's setting the guys up and and you know getting back to the cookie that we know and love. Certainly is, yeah. I really like that play, but for me, it's a after origin kind of thing. Very much a luxury, particularly when you've got a guy like Randall. It is a luxury. Um, I don't have any issue, and it's probably something I'm going to look to do pre origin because I think you, you're not going to field a 17. You'll be very hard pressed to field a 17. You're going to miss some guys anywhere. If you do get a 17, you can take an AE from another spot to bring a guy in and just miss out in your hooker position. Yeah, cool. So have no problem um, running. Cook and Grant, because I think that's the guys you want at the back end of the year anyway. Genius. All right, Lake. I almost called you Lamey. There you go. Uh, it's JT is. <laughs> <shoot it. laughs> it's JT's research hour. Oh, 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 did you see that? Hopefully, it's not a full hour. There you go. Calm down. Uh, done a bit of research, as I mentioned on the bed before. Uh, Fallen Guns went through a gamut of players that have lost cash to start their season. Uh, some guys probably more relevant than others. Some I just think have basically been wiped off the Supercoach radar. Kalen uh, Ponga being one of them. Haven't, let's just talk about him for 10 seconds. Love. I know you love him, but, geez, he's not even going to be at your side from next year. Are you going to hate him like I do? There's, an, there's the whole reports that came out mid-game that they pulled the extension and everything, and then they said, Joey, what do you think? And he went, no, that's bullshit. Um, and 
Barry Tui on Twitter said that's a blatant lie. So I don't believe that for a second. I still think he we're favourites to get him, but um, I, I don't, you know, he's not going to put up 120 a week. He needs to be doing more of what he did on Sunday, but he's still not worthwhile buy in Supercoach for my Certainly isn't. All right, uh, group these guys into their positions. So I'll start with the centre wing spot. So the guys that have fallen a ton in cash, uh, anywhere between 50 to 150, 200K, so quite a lot in the reds here. But let's start with centre wings. Uh, first one on the list, in the highest price of the guys we'll talk about, but Ruben Garrick for Manly uh, has lost 145K since he started his season. Currently sits at 644K, five-round average, basically the full year, of 60 uh, so I wouldn't say it's turned a corner the last few weeks, but just like Manly, they're slowly turning the tide. And Ruben Garrick is a guy we all targeted for the buyers last year. Has it come? Uh, is he basically firming into that same position despite a relatively hefty price tag? Or, or what are you doing? Just sitting on him this, this year? Uh, I, yeah, I'm sitting on him for a little bit. Um, the um, the excitement with Garrick was having him outside of uh, Tom Trojevic, yeah. who's obviously not there. Garrick's got that goal kicking floor as well, but he doesn't. You know, his base is tops, tops twenty five to thirty. Um, so you're going to need him to get in a couple of attacking stats, and if he can't get those, then he's just going to be keep dropping in cash. So I'm happy to wait. On him, I think he's playing good football. He looked really good the other night um, and was setting guys up from fullback position. But um, yeah, no, happy to miss out on him for the time being. Could be a good one post Origin when Turbo, as you mentioned, comes back uh, and maybe Manly going to run and he's kicking twelve goals a game like he was last season. But yeah, I think for now the price is too high for a guy that's lost his favourite outside player. Uh, next one on the list for centre wings, Jordan Orapano. We spoke a bit about him. He's only lost 50k on his starting price. But again, like Canberra have been quite poor uh, so far when he's been there and did miss the first, I think it was two or three games as well. So just getting his bearings. Uh, he's 504k, now at fullback, uh, averaged 54 for his season so far. Um, a lot more gettable. Uh, we did talk about maybe just having a watch for him. But we'll play the first buy round, which, you know, mm-hmm. keep harping on it. But those are all important spots. And that a pretty good price for what we know Rappano can do. So break even a 75 this week. Against Penrith, if he misses yeah. that, goes yeah, down so again. There's but, absolutely no chance I'm grabbing him this week against Penrith. Happy to wait and watch. Um, but, yeah, one to consider moving in. Got a pretty good run leading into the buy too with, the you know, the dogs and warriors in there. But then a couple of hard ones as well. Yeah, I'm really, I, I don't know, I'm eyeing him off over the next couple of weeks. I think that price is pretty good. I, I, I really like him up. at fullback. I think he gets his hands on the ball a lot more than what he was at the wing. He loves to put his hand up for a run anyway, but at fullback, it just allows him the freedom to do that all over the park. Um, but, yeah, I can't I can't consider him this week, not against Penrith with a high break even. Yeah, very interesting one. Uh, another one on the list here, 155K. He's dropped, and he's another seagull. Jason Saab, other end mm-hmm. of the spectrum, 259K. has only averaged 20. Any love for this guy? So much cash drop. Mate, nah, wait for him to bottom out. He's got a four in his rolling average for at least one more week. So he's got like a 60 break even. Correct me if I'm wrong. Um, Thereabouts. For such a yeah, low price, too. That's right. And he's, as you said, 260K. He's, he's going to you know downgrade him as a basement-priced rookie soon enough. Definitely one of those guys you might as well throw in if he's 180k and you've got nothing else uh, floating around at that mark. Uh, we'll play round 13. It's always a plus. 
Uh, one other guy won't play round 13, Alex Johnson for the Bunnies. He has shed 82k off his first uh, or starting price tag, 556k, five round average of 58, had a 94 last week, looking mm-hmm. pretty good as the Bunnies are slowly getting back to their best. Still a long way off, two tries last week and a try assist inflating that score, but much to love about AJ this year. It's a, It's quite a big drop, but... His price at 62 break-even is probably not going to go anywhere. But uh, I don't know, any love for him? Oh, I'm a big AJ fan. He helped me out a lot last year. So I've been keeping a close eye on him and, and had a massive game. But, um, yeah, again, the Bunnies just aren't the same side that they were. They are going left but not with the same success that they once had. They seem to be getting more done on the right with, you know, the Ilias, Kolomatangi, um, Graham, combination and then Mansour's screwing it up at the end probably but um yeah they they go in right more often than they were last year so he's not as enticing to me and final one on the list here Brent Naden 93k off his starting price tag 249k he finds himself at only average 26 to start the year but did have a try last week which uh, was good to see uh tough start to his doggy's career but just like Jason Saab we're we waiting for a bottom out before yeah, we bother with hard. him Hard passes in the doggies, mate. So you know, until they start showing something, the draw opens up a little bit. I'll uh, I'll skip that one. Thank you very much. <laughs> he scored an eleven against Melbourne in eighty minutes and four against Penrith in mm. the same amount of time. So, and he had five errors last week. So Brett Naden doing nothing for his price tag. But I don't know. He does play it's around it's thing. The thing. You know, you sit there on the couch and you judge these guys and you're like, mate, I, I could do that. But in all honesty, I think I could score four points in an 80-minute game of football. There you go. Get your head taken off in the first half. We'll go to the bench. You've scored yep. at least two from the hit-up or one. Uh, there you go. That's center wings. Moving on to uh, let's go second row. A couple of interesting names here. Angus Crichton, the first 130K price tag loss. Since round one, 524k, he now finds himself at. He's been shuffled around from bench to start. He's back at start. But again, no, not seeing much to his game this season. Even when he was starting and is starting, they're not giving him the ball. Uh, no. It's not the Crichton of old. No, that's right. He scored uh, 66 against us in 80 minutes and a 45 against Manly, also in 80 minutes, and then a 49 last week in 80 minutes. So unless he's scoring tries, he's not doing too much. I, I am very interested being that it is Angus Crichton. He will play Origin, though, so he's not going to be there for the mm. buy round. Um, so, yeah, I think it, it's a give or take on him. Needs to show some signs of life. I think it's fair to yeah. say. The bus and offloads and all you, that stuff. If yeah. you turned around in two minutes and said, I'm getting Angus Crichton, there's no way I'm talking you out of it. I, he's a fantastic player, but uh, I, you know, I'm not going to talk you into it either. How many offloads do you reckon he's got this year? Uh, two. He has got zero. No, oh, Jesus. Yeah. <laughs> Angus, that's not, not even an ineffective one, not even a shitty out the back to be the Pango-style offload where no one gets it, but there you go. Angus Crichton, zero offloads to start the season, bizarre. Uh, next on the list, Jordan Rickey. Uh, he's down the other end of the spectrum, almost 100K loss for him, 356K, 33 average. He's, yeah, way, way off the radar at the moment. Started mm-hmm. with a lot of promise last season, and then, I don't know, despite still starting, he's playing you know, in that starting position most weeks. Getting nothing done out there. It's no. a uh, strange old time. 54 is his top score for this year. Uh, Jordan Ricky, I don't know what is going on there, but, uh, I, I, you know, still playing 80 minutes three out of the five weeks. Very weird score. What's going on? 
I've got no idea. They just don't seem to be giving the ball. When they do, it goes past him to um, Staggs, um, who's getting it done. So no, no interest for me on him. Adam Elliott, uh, similarly 153000 Where nah. did he get that price tag from? Don't know, 327 k Way, way off the bench, mate. He's gone. If he plays starting, though, would you would you look? Who on the dogs is going to be playing Origin? Well, he's Raiders now. Oh, of course, <laughs> of course. My apologies. Uh, uh, who, yeah, good point, though. Who in the Raiders is going to be playing Origin? Yeah, <laughs> um, Jen's renounced his Kiwi citizenship. Yeah, that's it. I think, you know, the Raiders will obviously be playing, but he'll be in the same role. So, yeah, hard pass. Uh, Cam McInnes, 63K, not a huge drop. Starting off this week, as you mentioned, 474K, but could just be a one-week thing with Finucane back. And you got Wade Graham floating around. I mean, for Mm -hmm. me, despite the hooking duel, which is helpful, I think, for me, Ruben Cotter's a better play. We both own him now. Yep. Um, Yeah, no, I'm... McInnes is one I'm very interested in. Um, I want to see really? how he goes this week. Um, I, I just said, I think this is the start with BHU out three months or so with a, a torn peck, um, Braden Hamlin Ueli. There you go. Um, so he's out for about three months with that torn peck muscle. Um, I think Finucane's going to go back to prop, starting prop, and McInnes will keep the 13. When Wade Graham comes in, um, Teague Wilton's time in the starting side is over. So I don't see too many hurdles to Cam McInnes. Um, Getting about 60, 65 in the 13. Okay. So, yeah, for me, I'm not as sold on him, but uh, give him a few more weeks. Brandon Smith, 123K off the bench. No, go on. Below 500K. No, not even worrying about it. Bye week. Trade, for, trade for him in draft so you can get him when he plays for the Roosters next year. There you go. All right. Uh, all right. Let's move to the halves. Shuffling around a bit here. I think Cody Walker, well worth a mention. Everyone's talked about it. He does not look good. No, he uh, doesn't. Not a single game so far this year suggests that he's anywhere near the Cody Walker of 2021 20, or before that. So for me, I, I just wait and watch when this crane, crane, car crash was tossing up between train wreck and train car crash, crash is, yeah. is, is going to end. And for me, it just doesn't look like there's an end in sight because even when the bunnies are going good, it's it's Damien Cook. Cody Walker's yep. still bumbling everything out there. Yeah, listen, like, what did the... What did they put on the dogs? It was 36, 36 points or something yeah. like that. Um, Walker scored 44. So in a, a game like that last year, he's tonning up easily, mm-hmm. um, if if not 150. Um, but in, even in this game, he had uh, a try assist. He had two last touches or try contributions, whatever they're called these days, and a line break to go along with his try assist. So that was 28 points in just those sorts of stats, and he scored 44 overall. He's not doing anything, and no, I'm not interested. I think the the five eighths you want this year are Cam Munster and Dylan Brown, the way they're both playing at the moment. Um, Cody Walker is is not even on the radar. So much cash though, and he's still got a way to fall. 102 yep. break even this week. I mean, if he's 350k and plays one good game, I might have a look because it's right now. Just I'm waiting for this form drop to finish, but. No end in sight. So anyway, Cody Listen, Walker, like, he could be a, a, the perfect and um quotation marks perfect downgrade option um in round fourteen after he's played the bye. Uh, the form he's in, I don't see him playing Origin, and so yeah, he could play in round seventeen and be a godsend for you. Luke Carey, another half, one hundred thirty-seven k drop for him. He's back under four hundred k, which is surprisingly low uh, for me. It's the Sam Walker show though. I think just yep. watch the Roosters and everything good seems to come through there. Kiri's surplus. Uh, five round average of 35. Nothing really to suggest to me that, you know, like 
uh, Cody Walker that anything has really changed. So I think for now we just steer and clear Akiri. Yeah, I think so. We said in the preseason how guys take, uh, you know, 12 to 18 months to get back from an ACL injury into their full um, fitness and and uh, confidence and whatever else. So he's uh, he looks like he's a fair way off that still. I don't think he's ever really been that relevant for Supercoach. I mean, we all he, talk about him each year, but... He's gone right. big on occasions, but he's never really... Um, yeah, you know, you're right. He's, he's never really been a, a season-long keeper. But, you know, he'll, he'll go put on a couple of massive games usually, but he just it doesn't even look like he's doing that at the moment. Uh, one in the hooking rotation, Reed Marnie, 77K drop since round one, 518K. We talk about an alternative to the, the Grants and Cooks, and for me, like Marnie's not the worst shout in the world. was surprised to see him get benched with about 13 minutes to go last week against or last yesterday yes, against the Tigers. Uh, and oh, obviously had the game wrapped up, right? Mitch Rain's service was not ideal in the crucial stage of the game. So I was surprised to see him uh, move there. But uh, he did score 83, but before that had been very quiet, hence the drop in price. But, uh, yeah, a lot of 30s, three of them, in fact. Yeah, top score before last week of 59, including a try. So Marnie, for me, has just fallen away a little bit. But a guy that, I don't know, I'm, I'm still keeping an eye on because I think he's got some value uh, to play there. Won't play Origin, but that only plays in that round 17 week, so a while away. But a guy I'm still looking at, I think, on his day, decent alternative. The next rung below, maybe a rung or two below, Grant. Yeah, the, the, the way I, if you're doing it by rankings or rungs, if you will, um, it's Harry Grant, Daylight, Damien Cook, Daylight, Daylight, and then you've got the next couple of guys. Um, so, yeah, you're right. Reed Marnie is probably a decent play if you want a guy that's going to play over the origin period. He's only getting the call up if touch wood, Harry Grant gets hurt at some stage. But, um, yeah. Jake everything... Randall's available, Matt, so every week. I know, I know. I've, I've got that firmly on my <laughs> run sheet here. That it's, actually it's in dropped. big red letters. He's dropped a bottom dollar. I didn't want to write him down, but Jake Granville, everyone, you can get him at an absolute steal right Mate, now. They'll give you a trade and put, pump your uh, your. He your played zero minutes up. last week, literally oh, zero minutes, Jesus. so he's not an 80 nightmare at all. When he gets <laughs> on there, you just watch out. <laughs> Where was I going? I lost my train of thought. Um, nah. No, so okay. I get on. I was going to say everything in Parramatta is going through um, Moses and Dylan Brown, so Marnie doesn't have to do the attacking stuff that he was last year. Front row, it's finished with them. A couple of guys on the list here. Uh, I was about to call him Jordan Thompson, but that's the wrong sport. Luke Thompson, ninety-four k. He has shed off his price tag. Uh, whether he was even going to get onto the field with his anti-vax status was up in the air from the start of the season, but. Hasn't set the world on fire, hence the cash drop. He's currently below 500k, still dual flexible. We'll play that first bye week. Uh, I mean, not doing a lot here for me. Had a but a big guy. game last week um, with, what was it, 70-something? 77. 77. So, yeah, he, he did pretty well. But as I say, it's either him or um, uh, TPJ that are doing it week to week. And I think they're both roller coasters at the moment. I, I'd steer in clear. Yeah, I mean, points per minute, he's averaging around 0.6, which is pretty disastrous despite getting okay minutes in the yeah, pop rotation. It's, yeah, it's, as a, far as premium, and we just talked about the rungs and whatever else, but the, the premium front rowers to me are the um, Isaiah Papali'i, yeah, Payne Haas, and then probably the next guys down are um, Tomalolo type, yep. but um, AFB. 
would be the next two that I'd be looking at. So um, he just doesn't fit anywhere. You know. uh, one final name on this list of fallen uh, so-called guns is James Fisher-Harris and JFH. Disrupted start to his season with a bit of injury, but looks to be uh, increasing his minutes. So he's played 58 last week, which was his season high before that, a couple of 52-minute games. But uh, carrying a few niggles, but for me, there's not a lot else in that Penrith pack. I've had Matt Eisenhuth, courtesy of you, for a couple of weeks now, and outside of one random try, yeah. this hasn't done a lot. But JFH, we know on his day, can get it done, and finally looked uh, better last week than he has. But yeah, he's now 484k, only available front row this year, which hurts him. But again, a, a guy that'll play that round 13 week, and I think a safe play if you want in that uh, front row spot, but Again, I'm waiting to see something like, I don't know, 60 minutes plus per week and a few offloads. Yeah, I'm the same. I mean, I, don't, I can see him as a stepping stone to um, your top guys if you wanted to run him over the buy period um, and, and get a couple extra points out of him while he raises a little dollars. But, um, yeah, as a, I just mentioned the four guys I'd be looking at well ahead of him. Let's say it wouldn't hurt at all to have AFB or NHAFH, um, you know, the triple barrel guys running your front row in round 13. That'd be a fantastic starting front row. Yep, and then upgrade them beyond that. Uh, easily said, then done. All right, pod pal, let's finish with this segment for captains and vices. Uh, looked at a couple of guys that are sitting in that top 25-ish for three-round averages, the guys that are doing pretty well recently. Three of the five, I've got five names down here, three of them are, are Sharks, so they won't Ooh. play the first bye week, but they've had a pretty handy run, and it's all being shared around the back line. So if I'll, I'll read these three names off here. You tell me, they're all in the 600Ks. Mulatalo, Katoa, Ramian, all yep. either 2 or 3% owned. Um, averages of, uh, for Mulatalo, he's been on fire, 105. Katoa, 82. He's back this week. And Ramian, Jesse, the noodle, uh, he's 74. So out of those three, they're all pretty well-priced at the same mark. Who'd you be going? Would you be going a, a shark? For me, they're, they're so... You know what's funny, though? You can also add um, CSE for Talakai into that mix. He's oh, Screw him. Over <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> but he's absolutely killing it. All four of the um, center wings at the moment are, are dominating on all aspects. They're putting up big um, scores. On Mulatalo, he came into last week with a negative 25 break even and then scored 125. And just Is he this year's... Um, uh, Ruben Garrick, the same sort of thing. He just came from nothing to absolutely explode. Well, I don't know. Like, you watch his game and it, it, he's on the right side, whether it's either... He's on the left side. Oh, there, well, there you go. The right <laughs> side for scoring points. He's either getting a ball from Talakai, a ball from Nico Hines. They love shifting it down that edge. Will Kennedy floats around the back as well. So time and time again, they're finding him with the line wide open. He's, you know, strolling over, but then in his own <laughs> right. Still finding yeah. ways to bust tackles, break the line, like... Ticking a lot of boxes. We know guaranteed non-origin player. So that, yep. yeah, another tick in his box there. But for me, I don't, I don't know. They've had a very, very good run. Even Will Kennedy's yeah, in the 600K marks. You talk about that back one. That's unreal. Matt Moylan, I think, is the only one who is uh, not worth his salt. But uh, beyond that, for me, there's just, there's almost been too many points. If I was to narrow this, like this would be one of those things. If you've got everything settled in your squad right now, pick up a Sharks outside back because it yeah. doesn't seem like you can miss at the moment. That's right. Matt Moylan. Um, but, yeah, I mean, out of those three guys, if you're going to pick a pick a name, Mulatalo? 
Probably Mulatalo um, at this stage. I'm a big Sione Kakoa fan, um, and he's playing on the proper, the right side uh, with Nico Hines <laughs> over there. Um, but you're right to say none of these guys can miss at the moment. They're falling out of, um, falling out of the boat and hitting Supercoach points. Yep, and Manly Broncos, Warriors, Raiders, Titans, and the next five weeks. So Sharks could be doing a number on a couple of those sides. So I don't know if you can spend the money. Geez, not a lot of ownership amongst those guys and a lot of people looking elsewhere. So pick up a shark if you can. Uh, love not that because I can't. Well, there you go. You probably can't. Uh, two other guys as we round out. Guacamole, Helmoli uh, Olakuatu, still only 6% owned, but really passing the eye test. Scored a controversial try last week. I didn't think he yeah, brought it down, but that's because not owned. Person, again, personally, I thought he dropped it as well, but I could be a little bit salty there. Um, yeah, his base has improved a lot. Over the last couple of weeks, too, he's gone from 30s to 50s um, against the Knights and Titans. So if he can keep that up, he's a very um, – I'm very interested. He plays round 13 as well. Big minute player, too. He did get a rest last week with uh, the game. Well, not – no, They are coming the, back. Yeah, yeah. Were, the boys were coming so back. Was. So it's um, – I don't know why he sat for a bit. Maybe he just knock, had a I niggle. I can't, yeah, I can't quite remember. Uh, but only 71 minutes. Still got a hell of a lot done. But I don't know. He's played a lot of – more good games than bad, but still only 6% owned. So 570k in your second row, not the worst option. And Victor Radley, just a name I threw up here. I wouldn't be getting him at all. He's 9% owned, but has a 70 three-round average, courtesy of 100 against the Cowboys and not a lot mm. else. That would be fun to watch, eh? Yep, that'll roll out soon enough. But there's some guys in the top 20 or thereabouts that are having pretty low ownership. Uh, How long that lasts for, we're not sure. All right, Lakey, let's round it out with your previous uh, forte, and that's captains. Who are you going this week? Oh, mate, throw a dart, I think, this week. It's a a tough round. Um, There's a couple of nice games early on. The Sharks playing man, I don't have Nico Hines, but he's a a surefire um, vice captain on Thursday night. You got Katoni yep. Staggs against the Dogs on Friday night too. Um, at the moment, the way my team stands, I have neither of those guys. I'll probably throw the VC on uh, Fafita against your boys. Yep, and s- see how he runs. Um, and well, you one, have the JT curse on you now. So that's right. That's right. VC only. Just say it is VC only. So I'm not going to go straight out, but um, I, I might be looking uh, late. You know, an Anzac Day game. A, a Teddy. Um, or uh, um, uh, Harry Grant, possibly, on the Monday. Teddy is an interesting one. I captained him last week. Uh, yeah. I'm it's, just ready to go to the well again. I'm ready to get hurt. I'm going to do I'm it. The same, I say. I, I just keep waiting for that breakout game, and I want to be on when it comes. So, um, yeah, I, I think I'll probably – I might consider it. It'll hurt again, but I'll consider it. I heard the Storm Boys talking up the Anzac Day clash against the Warriors. They seem to get up for it every single year. And again, Warriors held their own last week against the Roosters. But Melbourne in Melbourne, it's going to be a very tough way to close out round seven. So I don't know, Pappenhausen. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Only concern for him is the ankle. Uh, the ankle, if they yeah. Get a 
If they get yeah. a roll on, he may get a rest. So yeah, um, I don't know if you saw Physio's tweet during the week, but he said that those uh, high ankle sprains can often be much uh, look much worse than they actually are. It and looked you awful. Know, it does it look awful. And as a guy that's played basketball my whole life, I can vouch for that. They blow up the size of freaking rock melons and they go black like a bowling ball, so to speak. But, um, you know, you recover relatively quickly from those. So as long as he hasn't done too much damage, then he sh- should be okay. Delightful. All right, bowling balls to finish. How good. Lakey, thank you very much for joining me yet again. Hopefully you get your article out comfortably in that time. Great to talk to you. Yeah, yeah, mate. It's always fun. Good to have you back. Hopefully that uh, that cough gets a little less spicy for you. Well, I'm going up to Townsville, so it couldn't be anything further from spice if you wanted in the world. Finally, hopefully, going to go up there and see us in our stadium, our brand new shiny thing up there for the first time ever. So anyone at the Townsville Casino over the weekend, I will guarantee to be there, not winning, but there you go. Look at the sad guy who's <laughs> stifling a few coughs in the corner on the blackjack table a few hundred down. But anyway, looking forward to it. As we said, Talk at hotmail.com. Send your jokes in there. Can't wait to read them. Love it. Week in, week out. All right, Lakey, great to chat to you. Have a great week, buddy. You too, bud. Give your love to a cowboy.